to hear an anointed, powerful word that will change your life from Treasure Coast Victory Center. Be blessed as your faith goes from one level of glory to another level of glory. Praise God. One at a time, huh? One at a time. You know, when uh, Aaron comes home, too, and he's got two kids now and stuff, when he comes, he's never got any sandals, so I can relate. <laughs> and almost everybody goes outside, and I'm kind of trying to get out, and I can't find those things anywhere. Now, I don't know how he possibly has the same size feet as me as when he's 6'4", but he does. So he wears them. So last Christmas, I was just out shopping for nothing, and they had sandals, they had sandals on sale at Kohl's, so I got an extra pair. So now whenever he's in and I can't find him, I just go to the closet, get the other pair, and I put them on. He wears mine, and I wear his. So there's a way to compensate for that kind of stuff. And n not a word, no. no. He's bigger than I am. I wouldn't say a word to him, no. He can have whatever he wants. That's right. That's right. Praise God. Oh, Lord. Hallelujah. Yeah, a lot of people got an idea, you know, when we were raised up in different denominations, stuff that God's this judge up there who's about ready to hit you over the head. You know, with something. And then the Bible, it says that the enemy goes to God and accuses the brethren. Do you know that? But if you read in Revelations, when Jesus is raised from the dead and went back, he basically kicks Satan out of heaven. He can't even get in there anymore to accuse you before God. He can't get up there anymore. Hallelujah. You got thrown out. So I'll tell you who he accuses you to. You. Yeah. So praise God. All right. Take your Bibles this morning. Go to Ephesians chapter 1. We talked last week about power. Everybody has a desire in their heart. Their desire is for power. It is for authority. It is to be able to control our circumstances and our situations in life. If we get to a place where we can do that and understand that we have the ability to do that, it will make life a lot simpler. How many know you'll never have to worry again? You'll never have to be afraid again if you have control in every situation and circumstance. Jesus never panicked. He never got into a place to where Lazarus died and he had to get on the next bus and get there quickly. He went whenever he felt like gone. He followed the Spirit of God. He didn't panic in the storm. He simply said, peace be. Still. And how many know it was peace be? Still. All right, Ephesians chapter 1. Look at verse 17. This is a prayer that you need to pray. It says that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give unto you the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of him the eyes of your understanding being enlightened that you may know what is the hope of his calling. Say his calling. His Notice calling. your calling is his calling. Yeah. It's not your calling. And what the riches of the glory of his inheritance is in the saints. And what is the exceeding greatness of his power to us who believe according to the working of his mighty power which he wrought in Christ when he raised him from the dead and set him at his own right hand in heavenly places, far above all principality, power, might, and dominion, and every name that is named, not only in this world, but also in the world to come. And he has put all things under his feet and gave him to be head over all things to the, to the, to the, which is his body, the fullness of him that fills all in all. Number one tells you that God's not in control, that we are in control. Say, I'm in control. Now notice it says he has a power that has been given to us. If you're born again in the kingdom of God, you already have power. You already have God's power. And, you know, we talk about opening blind eyes and all that kind of stuff. But this power needs to be used in your own everyday life 
just as well as it does in delivering someone else or healing someone else. You have ability and power and authority in your life to take control of circumstances and situations in your life so that you live in victory 24 hours a day, seven days a week. He never gave you authority to control another human being. He did not give you power and authority to manipulate others. This is for things. Say things. Things that come in your life, you have authority and you have power to deal with them. So notice this power is to us who believe. So it's to us, but it's only going to work for those that... So anybody that's teaching you, you don't have any power. And if you believe that, you might as well not worry about having any power over anything because you're not going to operate in that power anyway. We need to cooperate with the things that Jesus bought and paid for us. We don't need to get them. We've got them. We need to cooperate. Say cooperate. Cooperate. Hallelujah. Okay, go to Romans chapter 8. All right, Romans chapter 8, look at verse 9. It says, but you are not in the flesh, but you are in the spirit. If so be that the spirit of God dwells in you. Now, if any man have not the spirit of Christ, he is what? None of his. So this basically separates the difference between you as a person who's born again in the kingdom of God and who isn't. You have the spirit of Christ living on the inside of you. He's in there. People who are not born again do not have the spirit of Christ in them. That's basically why they live the way they do and the way that they act the way they do. So we have the spirit of Christ. The Bible says you have the spirit of faith. You have the spirit of love, power, and a sound mind. The spirit of God lives on the inside of you. He lives in you. He's also the anointing. Say the anointing, anointing. which is the power of God. It lives on the inside of you. Say the spirit of God, Christ, Christ. the power of God, the the spirit of faith, The spirit of love, love, faith, faith, power, power, sound mind, lives on the inside of me. All right, look at verse 11. But the same spirit that raised up Jesus from the dead dwells where? And he that raised up Christ from the dead also will quicken, make alive your mortal bodies by his spirit that dwells in you. So this tells me once again, the spirit of God is where? In me. Notice you have the same spirit that raised Christ from the dead, not some of the spirit that raised Christ from the dead. You have the same spirit. Now, he raised them from the dead. So is it so far-fetched to think that he could actually make alive, strengthen, and quicken your mortal body if he raised Jesus from the dead? Nobody in here this morning is dead. So to me, it's going to take less power to raise you up out of your illness, sickness, disease, whatever you're dealing with, than if you're dead. And he said he raised Jesus Christ from the dead. So as long as we keep in tune with the spirit of God on the inside of us, who's in us, and we do that by through our soul, say through our soul, now, what is our soul? It's our mind, will, emotions, our imagination. That's not who we are. You are a spirit being. You live in a body and you have a soul. So in my spirit is everything I'll ever need. The whole kingdom of God is in my spirit. Righteousness, peace, and joy is in my spirit. Power is in my spirit. But we have to get it out of the kingdom into this natural realm, and it comes through a soul that agrees with my spirit. If your soul's in disagreement with your spirit, the Bible says, how can two walk if they don't agree. So as long as I don't renew my mind to the word of God so that it lines up with my spirit, I'll not see too many supernatural results out here. But if I line it up, see, that's why the Bible tells you to renew your mind. And whose job is that? God's? Oh, God, renew my mind. Please renew my mind. Come on, renew my mind. 
No, your mind gets renewed. Even in the area of deliverance, when people get delivered and need delivered, they will not stay delivered unless they're renewing their mind and growing in the things of God. If you want to get free from anything in your life, grow up. See, it's a natural thing. If you really pursue the kingdom of God first and you have to go to the word of God and the kingdom of God and you want God with all your heart, things that have bothered you and held you back for years will just fall off your life. You won't have to fight them in your willpower. How many of you have tried that? Which is no power. I'm doing my best. I'm trying my best. I'm trying to quit. I'm trying to do this. You can try all your life. It's not going to, you can grow yourself out of that. Look at kids, you know, a little baby gets born and you put him down on the floor, he eats everything. He don't care screws, hair, buttons, it don't make any difference. He'll eat anything there. But how do you know at the age of two, he's not doing that anymore? And it's not because you took him in a corner and cast the button-eating spirit out of him. It's because he grew out of it. And he figured, hey, this stuff I'm sticking in my mouth ain't very good. This hair don't taste that good anymore. And so he grew out of it and got by the wayside. It's the same thing with deliverance. Some people need deliverance. And when they get deliverance, if they don't grow up, they're still going to go right back into the problem and try to willpower fire. And your willpower doesn't work. It don't work. Believe me, I tried to willpower and quit drinking for years. I even confessed it. That's my last beer. And it was before my next one. <laughs> See, because I went right back in it. I couldn't willpower my thing. It was there. But when I found, when I ran into the Lord and he touched me and I felt the spirit of God on the inside of me and I started reading the Bible and I started seeing things in there, the whole desire, and here's the key word, the desire for drinking went away. I was no longer somebody who wanted to drink and was fighting not to. The desire was ripped out of me. Why? I grew up. When I was a baby, I wanted to drink. I grew up spiritually. And what happened? I didn't want that anymore. I knew it wasn't any good. I knew it wasn't helping me. Drugs are the same way. Anger is the same way. All these things you will grow out of if you pursue God and his way of doing things. Are you following me? If you don't, then you're just going to fight in willpower your whole life. And that's where, Christ, that's where most Christians are. That's why they're up today. Down tomorrow. Oh, up today I had a revelation. Down tomorrow. Oh, I'm trying. I'm trying my best. I'm doing my best. I'm doing all I can. I'm trying. I'm doing it. I'm no, no. See, information doesn't help you unless you change with the information. See, people come here and say, I, I've come to this church, man. I've learned more. I don't care what you learned. Have you changed? No matter to me how smart you're getting here. Are you changing with the smartness that you're getting so that you grow up in the things of the Lord and can reach out to other people? You know, even like Christian, you know, they come up to him and say, yeah, holy roller. Yeah, 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 yeah. How many know that can get you to step back, can it? Get you to say, well, I'm the only holy roller out of all these 30 people here. I feel like a, you know. But when you're grown up, you don't mind that. You just know that they need help. They need a holy and a roller, praise God. <laughs> Yeah, they need something. So you're there, and that's why you're there, to do something about that situation. So here it says the Spirit of God lives on the inside of us. Now, when you got born again, the Spirit of God came on the inside of you. The Bible says like a well. Remember the woman at the well? So it's in you. It's a well when you get born again. There's a well of life in you. What's that well of? Well, a well of righteousness, a well of peace, a well of joy. Your peace is not out here. Your peace is in here. Your joy is in here. It does come from things out there. It comes from a thing in here or a person which is the Holy Ghost on the inside of you. So when you get born again, basically, or get into the kingdom of God, you have a well in you. Then Jesus talks about something else that we'll look at here in just a little bit. He talks about rivers of living water where the Spirit of God now comes up on you. Notice that, upon, up, on. So what happened? The Spirit of God that's in you will come out of you and overflow you. And what does that do? That gives you power to set other people free. 
So the well is for me, for my daily life, to stay in peace, to stay in joy, to know what I'm doing, to hear the voice of the Lord and walk in line with God. But the other power isn't for you, it's for someone else who needs to be set free. Basically, when you got born again, it made you ready for heaven. When the Spirit of God comes upon you, it makes you ready to live on earth. Are you following me? Yes. Yeah, you got power to live on earth in peace and in joy and all these things now. And I'll tell you, one of, the, one of the things you don't hear taught much in the church, of course, is the kingdom of God. But the kingdom of God basically is really simplified by saying, God now lives in human beings. Amen. That's what the kingdom of God's all about. God now lives in me. He lives in you. He lives in each and every one of us. When you know he's on the inside of you, it'll change the way you think. It'll change some of the things you talk about. It'll change some of the way you do things. Why? Because he's on the inside of me. As long as he's a big man upstairs... You're hoping there was no window downstairs. So I can do whatever I want. Uh, God's probably busy. He's probably got enough people to mess around with. But we know he's on the inside of us. That thing will start to change with the word of God. And desires that we have for different stuff will start to go by the wayside. And you'll be able to walk in the power of God again. And I, and I know this, this kingdom gospel is the gospel. Remember we studied it last week. When the end's going to come. When this gospel of the kingdom is preached to all nations. Then the end shall come. Remember that? All right, go to Acts, Acts chapter 7. As you study f the Bible, I like to study things where I see that people got in trouble for doing. Because if they got in trouble for doing, it's obvious they must be important or they wouldn't have gotten in trouble for doing them. Amen. <laughs> All right, Acts chapter 7, are you there? Okay, here's a guy by the name of Stephen. Good old boy. Loves the Lord, got all excited. Verse 48, he's looking at all the church leaders, say church leaders, church leaders. and says, Howbeit the Most High don't dwell in temples made with hands, as the prophets. Heaven is my throne and earth is my footstool. What house will you build me, says the Lord, or what place of rest? Has not my hand made all these things? He goes on to say, You stiff neck and uncircumcised in heart and ears. How many would like to be in that church? You do always resist the Holy Ghost as your fathers did, so do you. Which of the prophets have not your fathers persecuted? And they have slain them, which showed before the coming of the just one, of whom you have been now the betrayers and murderers, who have received the law by the disposition of angels and have not kept it. When they heard these things, they were cut to the heart, and they gnashed on him with their teeth. But he, being full of the Holy Ghost, looked up steadfastly into heaven and saw the glory of God and Jesus standing at the right hand of God and said, Behold, I see the heavens opened and the Son of Man standing on the right hand of God. And they cried out with loud voice, stopped their ears, and ran upon him with one accord. And they cast him out of the city and stoned him. And the witnesses laid down their clothes at a young man's feet by the name of Saul. Now, how many know this was a church service? <laughs> he gets up, and notice what he's preaching. He's preaching God is now living in people. God wants to live in people. And the more he preached it, the worse it got. They just got madder and madder. So what did they decide to do? Have a rock concert. <laughs> they threw stones at him and they killed him. Why? Well, he, he could have probably preached healing and been all right. He could have probably preached tradition and got all right. But when he preached God living in people, the whole church got mad and they stoned him. Now notice what he says here. This is so important. Look at verse 56. And he said, Behold, I see the heavens open." And the Son of Man what? Standing. Son of Man what? Standing. Son of Man doing what? Standing. 
Now, my Bible says that Jesus is seated at the right hand of the Father until his enemies are made his footstool. Well, Jesus is not seated here. He said he saw into heaven and Jesus was... Well, why was Jesus standing? Because when the kingdom is fully preached to all nations, then the end will come. I can see Jesus standing up saying, preach it, brother. Preach it. A couple more nations, preach it. God and people, preach it. He's ready to go. He's ready to come back. He's not sitting down anymore. And they stoned him to death. And guess what happened? He sat right back down. Because he was the only one preaching at this time, this message. And when he got in trouble, he got stoned. So notice, the only reason why Jesus would stand up is to come back. So this message must be awful powerful for Jesus to hear somebody preaching it and basically wanting to stand up to come back. But notice they stoned him to death, and that pretty much was the end of the whole thing. Hallelujah. I'll give you one more of those. Matthew 13. No extra charge this morning. All right, Matthew chapter 13, are you there? Look at verse 11. And Jesus answered and said unto them, Because it is given unto you to know the hidden secrets or the hidden truths or the mysteries of the kingdom of heaven, but to them it is not given. For whosoever has, to him shall be given, and whosoever, and he shall have more abundance. But whosoever has not, from him shall be taken away even what he has. Therefore I speak unto them in parables, because they seen, see not, and hearing they hear not, neither do they understand. So he's talking about the mysteries of the kingdom. Say mysteries. mysteries. Now what are mysteries? Here it's hidden truths of the kingdom of God. But notice, here it says it's been given to us to know the mysteries of the kingdom of God. When you start understanding the mysteries of the kingdom of God, he said, to he that has, even more will be but he that has not, it'll even be taken away the little bit that he has. So here it's talking about pursuing the kingdom of God again and the mysteries of the kingdom of God. So then he goes on to teach about it. Look at verse, uh, let's go to verse 19. He says, here's about the kingdom of God. When anyone hears the word of what? Of what? And when anyone hears the word of the kingdom and understands it not, then comes who? The wicked one and catches away that which was sown in his heart. This is he which receives seed by the wayside. Okay, what happens here? You get preached the kingdom of God. You don't even understand it. You don't even know what he's talking about. You never heard the kingdom before. But notice, the wicked one still comes. And it doesn't say the demons. It says the wicked, the big man himself, king devil, shows up to steal what was sown in your heart, even though you don't even understand. He's still coming to steal it. That tells me that the word of the kingdom must be important for him to take his time. He's not omnipresent. Now, he can fly from one place to another, but he can't be everywhere at once. So he comes immediately to steal that word out of your... So it must mean to me that what's sown in your heart about the kingdom must be very important for him to come and... Are you following this? See, it's really pretty simple when you look at it that way. The wicked one will come. He don't even want you to understand. He don't want you to start to understand it because if you do, then you're going to get more. And then when you get more and more and more and find out that God lives on the inside of you and you have power over circumstances in every situation that you don't have to be worried anymore. You don't have to be fearful anymore. You have to be down and out anymore. And you get to that place where all this stuff belongs to you. He has no hold on you whatsoever. Yeah. Then I'll tell you what you can do. You can give the devil no place. Right. <laughs> You'll catch them thoughts as they come in. How many know they're going to come? Oh. Kenneth Hagin used to say, if a bird comes and flies on your head, that's fine, but don't let him make a nest. 
See, some of these thoughts we take in and we nest them, don't we? And we sit on them and we incubate them and we make sure that they, no, we don't do that. So notice what happened here. This is all about the kingdom of God. Say the kingdom of God. Okay, go to John chapter 1. Okay, John chapter 1, look at verse 29. And the next day John saw Jesus coming unto him, and he said, Behold, the Lamb of God, which takes away the sin of the world. So John the Baptist knew this, didn't he? He knew it by revelation. He said, Here he comes. This is the Lamb of God who takes away the what? Now, what's that talking about? It's talking about salvation, isn't it? When Jesus paid for our sins, it gives us an opportunity to receive him as our Lord and Savior, be born into the kingdom of God. We're born in the kingdom of God at that time. Heaven is now our home, and we have an inheritance that belongs to us as citizens of a kingdom. So here it's talking about salvation or the well. Now look at verse 33. And John says, And I knew him not, but he that sent me to baptize with water, the same said unto me, Upon whom you shall see the Spirit descending and remaining on him, the same is he which baptizes you with who? The Holy Ghost. So these are the two main reasons Jesus came. You can read these two and you don't have to figure out anything else. Number one, he came to take away the sins of the world so you could be born again into the kingdom of God. And number two, he came to baptize you in the Holy Ghost, the Holy Ghost upon you. Why? So you're heaven guaranteed, you're a citizen of the kingdom, but also now you have ability here on the earth with the Spirit of God on you to do what you're called to do. See, when God called me to pastor He never cared what kind of ability I had to pastor because he knew he was going to give me his ability to pastor so he didn't care how dumb I was, whether I could speak or not, whether or not. I'll be honest with you. When I was a freshman, I signed up for something called speech class. Did you ever hear speech class? I didn't know what it was, but it seemed easy. I mean, speech class. It wasn't geometry or psychology. It was speech class. My God, I can talk. It shouldn't be no problem. So I got there, and the first day she said, well, we're going to start off right. You just write uh, you know, like a paragraph, and I want you to come up and give a talk in front of everybody with that. I dropped out. I said, that's it for me. I'll take phys ed again or something. I ain't doing that, ain't doing that second time. Why? Because I wasn't going to get up in front and talk to anybody. I, I was scared, scared to death to get up and talk to anybody. I'd get a little one-on-one stuff, but I wasn't going to do that. So I dropped out. How many know God didn't look at it and say, oh, he dropped speech class? I was going to make him a pastor, but since he dropped speech class, he's out. He doesn't look at your natural credentials. And here's where we get in trouble because we want to check out everybody's natural credentials to do their call. And you don't understand it has nothing to do with their natural credentials at all. See, he gives us the ability. Isn't that good? He gives us the ability to do whatever he's called us to do. We need to say yes. Or like this, yes. You hardly ever say yes. He's yes. Why? Because he's asking you to do something you know you don't have the ability to do. So your mind's telling you you are crazy for even thinking about doing it. But God says, I don't care. When I put my spirit in you and upon you, it ain't going to make any difference what you did in the past because the spirit of God's going to take over your ministry and you're going to walk in the power of God and you're going to change lights. See, that's why it said way back when we read to the hope of his calling. See, everybody has in their heart what they'd like to do. Yeah, church of 4,000 people, national TV, glory to God, mansion, gated community, two Rolls Royces, just to look at. 
See, all these desires are natural desires in our heart. But how many know God deals with them? A lot of things before you got saved that you really wanted to have, you could care less. Whether you got to, you probably get them now, you give them away. Because you don't even want them anymore. That's what God does. He changes it. So notice, he's given us his ability. What's that ability for? It's to do what we're called to do here on the earth. Now, to me, that's comforting. Because I don't want to try to do something I can't do, and he don't give me any more ability, and I can't even get up in front of speech class and do it much less. But notice it changed. And you read the Bible, you see a lot of people, I mean, Moses couldn't talk. He even said, he ain't going to listen to me when I do talk. But it didn't matter because God knows what he's doing. So the Spirit of God is that ability on the inside of you and upon you for you to do whatever God calls you to do and wants you to do. And it'll come up out of here. It won't come up out of here. A lot of times you'll have it in here really faint. And then some wise acre will come along and prophesy what that little thing is on the inside of you. And it'll like connect. And you'll understand that that's what you're really being called to do because they didn't really know that was in your heart, but God said it was in your heart, and then they said it. And maybe it'll take two or three people. You know, you just think the first person was a weirdo. They didn't know what they were talking about. And then God sends another one, and they say it. And you think, well, there's two weirdos out there now, maybe more coming or whatever. And then finally it clicks. And you say, well, he sent 32 people to me now to tell me to pastor. I'm starting to get the opinion that I'm supposed to do something pastoring. See, isn't that the way we do it? Why do we do that? No, we just want to block it all out, man. I can't do that. Lay hands on the sick, not me. I'll call people out. Praise God, lay hands on the sick. What happens if they die? What happens if this happens? What happens if that happens? He doesn't care what happens if that happens. He wants you to trust and to believe in the ability that God has placed on the inside of you. And that's why, why, why do you worry? Because you don't trust God. If you're trusting God, how can you worry? And if you worry, how can you trust him? See, they're completely opposites. They can't be the same thing. Well, we're going to go broke. Well, he said, all I meet your needs according to his riches and go, I know that. It's in Philippians. I colored it in orange in my Bible. It's in there. Look at the stars by it. The pastor preaches on it all the time. And then see, I'll go a little deeper. Can I go a little deeper? And then if you preach truth and people never act on it and it don't work, they want to blame you. Well, he preached and it didn't work. Well, you didn't act on it. Oh, no, he's such a dumb head. He should never preach his healing, and I still got sick. I think he's from the devil. I mean, it's amazing. Now, if you preach a bunch of junk, you don't have to worry about that because everybody's not really changing anyway. They're just going around the circle anyway. Nobody's making an adjustment. But, yeah, the truth will change you, won't it? You hear the real truth, and you know it, and your mind will say, we ain't going to do that. And your spirit will say, you better do that, buddy. You better do it. That's the right thing to do. So you slowly start lining up with the spirit of God on the inside of you. And the more you obey the spirit, the louder it gets. It's first to stop drinking. No, I'm going to keep drinking. And then it goes slower. Stop drinking. But if you stop, it gets louder. And it gets louder. And it gets louder. And pretty soon it gets to a point to where you don't even think about it. You, don't even, well, you can go into a bar and not even think about drinking because it's not even on your mind anymore. There's a complete transformation. This will work in any area of your life. You've got an anger problem. There it is. You've got a resentment problem. There it is. You've got a pornography problem. There it is. All these things will be erased out of you as you grow up into things of the Lord if you really want to desire to grow up into things of the Lord. And another question is, why do you want to get rid of them? See, why do you want to quit drinking? Well, I can't afford it anymore. Well, you've got to have a little better reason than that. See, you'll find a way to get money. You'll find a way to... So it's got to be because I want to serve God. I, I want to be what God made me to be. I want to be who I am. I want to do what I'm supposed to do. So God says, okay, psh, and then you get the ability of God on you to do it. And now, now God starts to show you what to do. Are you following me? He doesn't show you what to do before 
Wouldn't it be nice if he laid out a 30-year plan? And you knew exactly what was coming down the road and exactly what you were supposed to do and it doesn't work that way. It works by a relationship with him and the spirit of God directing you. The steps of a righteous man are ordered by the Lord. Not the race, the steps. Do this. What next? Wait. Next. (laughs) What next? Wait. Oh my God, it's taking forever. It's probably two hours since you heard his voice last. What do I do now? And the Bible tells you to run your race with patience. How many of you ever ran in a race with patience? <laughs> get on your marks, get set, go. I'm just in patience with this race. Everybody running by you. Because it's a spiritual thing. You're running your own race and you can do it with patience because you want to do it the right way. And then you don't need to see how Sister Susie and Brother John are doing it and try to pattern them because you're not them. You're Holy Ghost led. And the Holy Ghost may tell you to do something completely opposite of the way this church worked or the way that person worked or the way this, because God knows what he's doing. So my job is to just stay in communion with him through the spirit of God on the inside of me and follow him step by step by step by step. And then some, 20 years later, you, you, you say, I don't know how I did that. People say, how did you get there? You say, I, I don't know. I just started a church and here I am. I just started to preach and here I am. I just started this and here I am. But the scariest thing is to obey the voice the first time. Because there's going to be something you can't do. You know you can't do it. You know it's impossible. It's impossible and people will be saying, all things are possible with God in praise and worship. And then God will say, do this. And they'll say, well, that's impossible. (laughs) Well, you just sang the song. That's why we sang it. So you believe that all things were possible with you. See, so you step out. Now you're in the spirit. Because, and then you don't have people help you. I don't know why I got over here, but I'm over here. Then people will help you make decisions. Let me tell you, brother. Well, I'll tell you what I think about the situation. I've been praying and interceding for quite some time now about your situation. And you could have a very large church if you just quit preaching healing and deliverance in the kingdom. If you just preach something a little nicer than that to the people. They don't like to be offended. And you have a lot more money. You'd have all kinds of money. Because I know some rich people come to your church if you just quit preaching the truth. See, all these people coming from outside, all these, you know, you hear a lot of voices. You got to determine which ones are from here and which ones are from. And, and if, you, if you need a word from a prophetic person, no problem. There's a bunch of them out there. You can find somebody prophetic or who thinks they're prophetic. But then it's up to you to know the difference. See, because the seed's already in you. They're going to water that seed. They're not going to plant a new seed for you. It's already on the inside of you. So it's going to come and quicken what's on the inside of you. It's going to, mm, that's right, that's right, that's right. And if it's not, it's not in line, you say thank you very much, and you move on. You know, There's nothing to it. But on the inside of each and every one of us, there's that call. Otherwise, there'd be no reason for you to be baptized in the Holy Ghost to complete something if there's no call on the inside of you. But there is. There's a call of God on the inside of you for doing something. And I'm not saying you've got to be a pastor, you've got to be a prophet, you've got to be an evangelist. You've got to make it through life. See? And the problem with is the Spirit upon you. Well, let's look at that. Go to John chapter 7. Okay, John chapter 7, look at verse 37. It says, In the last day, that great day of the feast, Jesus stood and cried, If any man is thirsty, let him come unto me and drink. 
He that believes on me, as the scripture has said, out of his belly shall flow rivers of living water. Out of where? Out of his what? So here's a person who's hungry and thirsty for God. They've been born again. They've got something. They want to serve God. They want to do something. But notice, the power that you need does not come out of heaven. It comes out of your comes out it's already in here it's already in your spirit man he's already on the inside of you it's already here so the flow when i pray for somebody i'm not looking for god to reach down with a lightning bolt and strike them i'm looking for the power that's in me to flow out of me but the problem is if you don't tend to your well you'll have trouble with your river so you've got to guard your well that's why you got to keep track of your well you can't be worrying and fearful all day long then somebody want prayer and you're going to lay hands on them and all at once they're going to get delivered are you kidding me you don't you're not even connected to anything right now so I'm going to watch my well. I'm going to guard my well. I'm going to keep an eye on my well. That person's kicked something in my well. I want to get that dirt out of there. There's somebody, bleh, gossip left and right. Get that stuff out. I want that stuff in there. Praise God. I want to listen to that. Oh, here they call on the phone again. Don't pick it up. Now we got caller ID. It's easy. In the old days, you picked it up, and it was too late. But now you know who's calling. And you know that he told you that story 150 times and you know they're going to tell it to you once again and you know it doesn't do you any good or them any good. They don't want to change and they're pouring that stuff on you, spewing it on you, and it's messing up your river. So you're going to be careful in an area. You're going to watch things. You're going to, when you start to get mad, you're going to catch yourself and say, no, that's a little bit dirt going to kick in my well no matter how good it feels. And I want to do something with it. So I just want to praise you for that driver who's so stupid up there, Lord. I want to give you praise that he, he drive driving better. And I tell you, protect him, Lord. He definitely needs it. All your angels need to be there today because I just saw him pull out, praise God. And See, I want to stay hooked to the well. Why is that? Because the river's ready then. Now, what was he talking about the river? The next verse, look at 39. But this spake he, Jesus of the Spirit, which they that believe on him should receive, for the Holy Ghost was not yet given because Jesus was not yet what? Glorified. Well, how many know that Jesus has been glorified? So now we have the Spirit, the same Spirit that raised Christ from the dead, the same power that raised Christ from the dead, but we keep blocking that power up by not understanding that everything we do comes out of the well on the inside of us. So there's a well in us. I found out there's two revelations that I need ever since I got born again. One is the revelation of Christ in me, and the other one is me in Christ. Amen. Two different revelations. Amen. See, And when you get the revelation of those two, if, if I believe in me in Christ... I can live healed because everyone in Christ is healed. If I believe Christ in me, I can be a healer. Do you see the difference? One makes me who I am. The other gives me the ability to do what I need to do. So one, me in, me in Jesus Christ makes me a victory liver. Christ in me makes me a victory giver. Are you following me? Are you getting this? It's pretty deep, I know. I just ended up there. It's not really here today. Yeah, that's the difference. So if I can keep my victory living, if I can keep my health, if I can keep my joy, if I can keep my peace, then I can give those things to other people and don't waste them. Remember Jesus said, go into a house, preach the gospel, and if they don't, if they don't like it, shake the dust. Take the dust off. Don't take any of that stuff. It doesn't matter. It wasn't your problem. You're not the one who was at fault. You're not the one that they didn't receive it. You did what you were supposed to do. People even go, I witnessed to them and it just didn't work out. I just can't witness. I don't know what it is with me. I'm so stupid. No, it's not good to kick the dust off. Get rid of it. You gave him a shot. You gave him the gospel. Maybe somebody else will come along, do a better job, or water the seed, or whatever. Move on. Don't get discouraged when other people 
don't get healed or don't get involved in whatever because I'll tell you what, it'll mess you up. The next time you go, you'll be worried. I prayed for somebody and they died. Would you pray for me? I ain't touching anybody anymore. <laughs> You'd be better off if I didn't pray for you. And that's the way we get because how many know we got to think? Too bad, but we do. We've got to think about everything. And everything that happens in our life causes us to be a thought life problem here. So, so basically, we want to keep our well. We want to keep it going. We want to keep it. The Bible says, "Them as many as are led by the Spirit of God, they are the sons of God. So if I'm being led by the Spirit of God, I'm walking in a sonship with God. I'm walking in the relationship with God. And that enables me to operate in the power of God that's on my life because I'm a son of God. And what does the son of God do? Anybody know? Glad you asked. First John chapter 3. I think. That's it. Now we don't have to go there. See, somebody knew it. I feel better now. Yeah. Yeah. Trivia day today. Yeah. Sons of God, the Son of God came to destroy the works of the devil. So I'm walking as a son of God with my well full and communion with God and the Holy Spirit that I'm in a position to destroy the, destroy the works of the devil, see? If I'm not, if I'm walking as a child, how many know there's a difference between a child of God and a son of God? Yeah. A son of God's in agreement. A son of God has grown up. A son of a God has used his power to step into things of God. So when I got born again, I got this well on the inside of me, and now I have authority of every, everything in my life. In other words, I can live in peace and joy even if I don't have the baptism of the Holy Spirit because I have the well inside of me that's for me in my life basically to walk in peace, joy, love, and everything else. Then the power comes upon me to set other people free at the same time. So the well on the inside of me needs to be protected. I need to first of all acknowledge that it's there and be aware that it's there. How many know we forget? Some of you will remember right now, you've got a well for about 24 hours. And then you hope somebody preaches on this again in the next six months, and you'll remember it again. And that's the way we are, isn't it? That's why Scripture needs to be studied, needs to be rehearsed every day. You find something that God hits you with, put that in your prayer time every morning. Read the thing over and over and over and over again. Read it every single day. That Ephesians 1 prayer is a good prayer to pray every day for yourself. And for the body of Christ, the spirit of wisdom and understanding. Everybody knows their calling. They get to know their inheritance. They get to understand the power. They get to know they're raised and seated in heavenly places far above all principality, power, might, and dominion. So I don't want to break my fellowship with God. See, it's more important, it's more important for me to keep my fellowship with God than be right. Amen. Hallelujah. Believe it or not, that's true. No, I'd rather be right. See, I don't care what it says. I'm going to be right. Well, the chances are you're wrong. So you're being right and wrong. And the Spirit of God leads us to guide us in all truth. So he's taken us into truth. So those are things you need to change. In your marriage, you need to change that. Believe it or not, there are maybe one time you were wrong. Yeah. <laughs> Trying to keep people here. <laughs> yeah, there may be that one time you were wrong, but you were sure you were right. But then as you grew up a little bit, you decided that you were wrong. It's that way all the time, isn't it? Sometimes we do things that we think are right, and then we get quiet. And the Spirit of God will straighten you out. And you'll be going back and saying, well, I guess maybe I was wrong, you know. Like me, you know, sometimes the Holy Ghost misleads me. Gets me in all kind of trouble. 
No, it's not that way, is it? Because all of us have things that we grew up with that, that helped train our thought right, right. right here, wherever you, were, wherever you were raised up, what your parents said, the people around you, the atmosphere that was there, the kind of people that you grew up around, all had a thing to do this with our mind. So the Word of God's coming in to take all those little things out and tweak all those things and change all those things. But you'll never get totally free and operate in the power of God if you're going to try to do it through willpower. It doesn't work through willpower. It works through word power. The Word of God, I'm changing my identity every single day. I'm seeing myself as someone healed. I'm seeing myself as someone blessed. I'm seeing myself as someone. I'm not seeing myself with a bad leg and limping. I'm not seeing myself with a lift that I can't talk. I'm not seeing myself. I'm seeing myself the way God created me and made me. And when I hook up with Him, it allows the well and the power in the inside of me to flow out of the inside of me and change the natural situations that are around you. See, that's what Jesus did. Peace be still. It didn't come from God down. It came from on the inside of him out, and it was greater. How many know God's power is greater than a storm? Come on, greater than the waves, greater than the wind. It's greater than all these things. So we're using that power. We're living by that power. It's not just for signs, wonders, and miracles. It's to live a lifestyle knowing where you're at and what you need to do in order to walk with God. See, the more you walk with God, the more things just seem to line up. Even if you're not even praying for all those things that you prayed vigorously for while you're in unforgiveness and doubt and condemnation and everything else and nothing was working out, now you just quit playing. You're just walking with God and it seems like everything's working out. And you think, my God, I didn't even pray for that. There it is. See, my son never prayed for me to buy a second set of sandals. Right. <laughs> See, it just happens that way. He didn't have to fast. He didn't have to do anything because my father knew and his father knew. So we know what's going on. Same way with Father God. That's the way he is. When you walk with him like a child and a son of God and treat him as your father once again, everything's going to start lining up in your life. But guilt and condemnation can't be there. You can't let other people affect you all the time. Your job of taking care of your well is up to you. It's not up to everybody else. You cannot blame some, well, if I just didn't have this child, I just didn't have this spouse, I just didn't work in this office, if I just, if I just, if I just. No, you're in that office until you learn how to walk in love in that office. See, nobody got a job they liked. You get in a job and you say, oh, these people are a bunch of idiots here. God says, yeah, that's why I got you there. And we pray, remove the idiots. He says, no. No, you just change and adapt to the idiots and make them out of idiots, and then you'll move on to someplace else. But I don't want to do that. Put me in with a bunch of Holy Ghost Christians that I may work with them every day. See? But we're not there. We're there to help make the change and make the change in our own lives. That's why you're put there. That's why you're in the mess you're in. Praise God. But you can walk in peace and joy in the middle of the mess. You can, you can walk in peace and joy when you're in a mail vehicle, when it's about 200 degrees in the middle of the summer in your mailman thing outside with bugs and bees and everything flying all over. You don't have to complain about it 24 hours, seven days a week. Here I go again. You don't know how hot it is in my vehicle. There's bees underneath that mailbox again all the time. It's, 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 no. You just do it and walk in peace and joy and love and everything else seems to line up in your life because that's where you're at for that time. What did I do? I had a church. It was called the post office. I had 35, 38 workers. I had 600 people out here that I was ministering to every single day, taking their packages up, talking to them, finding out about their kids, finding out about everything else. I didn't see it. Sometimes you don't see it until you get through it and then you see it and say, oh, that's what that was for. Did you ever do that? That's why that happened. Yeah, that's why. Yeah. So these are things that God is leading us and guiding us by that small voice on the inside of you and by the Spirit of God that's on the inside of you each and every day. Just stay connected to Him in fellowship. Just stay connected to Him. Just block the stuff that's trying to get in your well, praise God. Just smile. 
People can be dumping on you royally about something. You can just... I love to teach the vocabulary of silence. Because you know if you actually do say something, there's going to be a different river that kicks in. See, you, you start getting critical and you start condemning. I'll tell you what, you'll find another river coming from someplace else. You think all kind of things, praise God. I've had people who come to, people who come to me for marriage counseling. And I'll say, okay, the Lord told me what you're supposed to do first of all is you look at your spouse and you tell me you, something you like about them. And they'll go. Today? Yeah, right now. I like the part in your hair. I thought, well, that's a start. Oh my God. They can't even, th they've been critical so long. See, they can't even think about anything they can think positive about. Because when you start thinking negative, it, it, incre it grows. It's like a seed. It'll get big. You'll be mad. You get, you get mad at a church. You get mad at a pastor. Before you're done, he'll be the demon himself before it's over with. Because our minds are that way. They increase in whatever we put in there. And the meditations that we do, they increase on the inside of us. So why can't we flip that? You know, instead of insane asylums, we need sane asylums. <laughs> Places where people go and meditate on the Word of God and meditate on who they are and meditate on how to walk in love and meditate how to live in peace and see themselves rising up. I'll tell you, if you find somebody in a wheelchair and you get enough word into them to where they see themselves getting out of that wheelchair, you won't even have to pray for them. They'll jump up out of that wheelchair and they'll start walking. I'm telling you right now. But they've seen themselves in there. They've lived in the wheelchair. They've been in there forever. They, oh, you've got to push me around. You've got to do this. got to do that. That's why, no matter, even how old you get, don't regress. That's right. That's right. Keep going forward, praise God. Well, it would be easier if you got one of those little carts in the grocery store and went around. Well, yeah, it would be easier. It definitely would. But I'm going to keep, like, everybody keeps saying, why don't you get a real lawnmower? rather than the 21-inch push mower on the corner lot that you're mowing every summer in 200 degrees. I said, as long as I can push this mower and finish without dropping down, I'm going to push this sucker until I can't do it anymore, then I'm going to get a self-propelled. And I'm going to stay behind that one until I, it drags me along the grass or whatever it's got to do. And then I'm going to go to a rider if i got to go to a rider. No, I'm not backing down. I'm going to do it. I'm not going to back down. I'm not going to do it that easy. Last week we read about, or Thursday night, or Wednesday night, or sometime we read, that he heals all our diseases, he's all our inequities, and he makes our youth as young like an eagle. Yes. So when I'm mowing the lawn, there's an eagle out there mowing lawn. Because <laughs> the more, you, I tell you what, the more you give, the more you give away, the more you lose. That's the way it works. Praise God. So we're going to keep going, aren't we? We're just going to keep going forward. So age isn't going to stop us. Uh, sex isn't going to stop us. Any of these things, male or female, don't matter with anything. Praise God. We're just going to keep going. We're going to keep plugging. If you want to walk this, walk there. When I play basketball, it doesn't matter. If there's five guys ahead of me, they're going to score for sure. I still try to run back and at least get a close-up of them scoring. I'm not going to get in any better shape by standing there saying, there they go. Oh, good. Come on. Baby. How's that going to help me? Ain't going to help nothing. So you got to push yourself a little bit. Same way spiritually, you got to push yourself. Sometimes you got to read the word when you don't feel like reading the word. Sometimes you got to go to church when they got tornado warnings up. See, that was just the devil this morning trying to scare people out of church. He wasn't fooling me, praise God. Hallelujah. He's going to close us down. Glory to God. Took the roof off. We just have it anyway, praise God. Don't make any difference. All right, so you got a well on the inside of you. You got a river 
Praise God on the inside of you. And this week we're going to protect our will. And we're going to live in the river. Praise God. Hallelujah. All right, let's pray this morning. Praise God. Oh, Father, we just love you. We thank you for your word this morning. We thank you for your spirit. Father, I thank you right now. Holy Ghost, you go to work this week. You just, in things that, the little dirt things that try to get kicked in our well, I thank you for taking our sight on them, letting us in wisdom to be able to see those things, and that we would just get rid of them immediately and keep our well hot for you. Father, we thank you for the river. We thank you even for the testimonies this morning of people being touched by your words and by your power and by your thing. Father, we want to keep expanding. If not in here, then all over the place, out there, Father. More people healed, saved and delivered in Jesus' name, and we give you the praise for it and glory in Jesus' name. And everybody said, amen. amen. All right, praise God. We will see you Wednesday night at 730.